you know, if you're just plugging thousands of dollars in every month and you're not seeing anything after six months, that's when you really have to step back and say, oh, well, we've been trying to hit all these people, but if we narrow it down and just hit these people, they're going to come in and spend money right away. That's the best way to start. Then you branch out. Are you an overwhelmed SaaS founder ready to make the leap from leading a team to leading an organization? Join us each week as we refill your think tank with actionable tips and strategies from great business minds you know and those you don't know yet. This is SaaS Fuel with your host, five-time entrepreneur, SaaS founder, and globetrotting adventurer, Jeff Mays. Well, welcome back to the SaaS Fuel Podcast, where the safest place to hide a body is the second page of Google. I'm your host, Jeff Maines. Well, in last week's episode, we talked with Keith Campagna about solving the problem of no decision decisions in the sales process. You know, where sales teams follow up endlessly and we give up and select that awful closed no action status in the CRM. So if you missed it, go back and check it out. There are some brilliant sales nuggets in there, and we've done all the mining for you. So be sure and check out the show notes at sasfuel.com. Our guest this week is Tammy Locke. Tammy is a go-to expert when it comes to keeping us off the second page of Google or in the doghouse at Facebook or LinkedIn jail. She makes the complex world of social media and digital advertising easy to understand. Serving on the advisory boards for Facebook and LinkedIn, Tammy shares her years of knowledge with clear step-by-step instructions so listeners like you and me always leave with powerful skills ready to jumpstart their business. A multi-time founder and business owner, she is currently the social media director at SC Marketing in Chicago. The one, the only, Tammy Locke. Today's episode is sponsored by my book, Small Fish Big Pond, building a world-class business that swims circles around competitors. So why do some companies achieve explosive growth while others sink into the depths? What do exceptional SaaS companies do that mediocre companies don't? And what can SaaS leaders learn from fish? Small Fish Big Pond delivers powerful business lessons guaranteed to change the way you view your business and includes hands-on exercises and growth tools to get lightning fast results. Get your copy today at smallfishbigpond.com. Use the code SASFUEL to unlock special bonus content. Well, my guest today is Tammy Locke from Strategic and Creative Marketing. Welcome to SASFUEL, Tammy. Thank you. It is great to have you. And today we're going to be talking all things marketing and digital advertising. Mm-hmm. And we've got some really, really exciting things coming up. Tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get into marketing and advertising to start with? Yeah, so I've had a very varied background in marketing. I really got into it when I owned my first boutiques. I had two bridal stores back in the day. And it was great because, you know, being the owner, I could try all kinds of marketing. So we had live events. I was doing email marketing. And that's back when I had to build our website in DOS. So it was a while ago. But I did. It's been a little while. Oh, my gosh. So long ago. (laughs) 
But yeah, it was great. I did a little bit of everything. I did trade show booths and radio, TV. So it was a great place to learn. And for these past five years, I've been with SC Marketing as the Director of Social and Digital Media. And this job has really afforded me the opportunity to expand into social and digital more than I ever have before. That's awesome. How has social and digital changed the the marketing landscape for companies, particularly in the technology world? Yeah, there's been so many changes lately. So before, I'm going to say like five years ago is when the biggest change happened. Before that, everyone was on a hunt to get more followers. So everything you saw, follow us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, which is great. It was great up until five years ago. And that's when these platforms finally decided, okay, we've got enough going on. We're going to monetize. So then the algorithm changed dramatically. So From then till now, only about 1% to 3% of your followers ever see what you post on the social platforms. That's just sad because we work so hard on those things. I know. They kind of did let people down. I mean, followers are great because followers, you know, tend to pop over and check out your page occasionally. So it was good. But now you do have to put dollars behind what you're doing. But the good news is that if you learn what you're doing, you can have amazing results for a very small amount of money. So Social is really a great place to get the word out, drive customers, and not spend a whole lot of money. That's good. I think uh, just kind of the the thought process for a lot of entrepreneurs is if I'm going to do big advertising like that, it's going to cost a fortune. Yeah. But uh, you're saying it doesn't. It doesn't have to. It really doesn't. I teach classes all the time on exactly what's supposed to be in the content you're writing, what it should look like and what the graphics look like. I've been very lucky for the past five years to work with both Facebook corporate and LinkedIn corporate. I am on advisory panels for both of them. So I get to see what's going to come down the pike next, what's going away, how the algorithms are changing. So there are very specific ways if you write your content and design your graphics, you could honestly do $100 a month in ads and you could be driving in new business every week. Wow, that is pretty impressive. That's not at all what we hear from most of the ad agencies out there. If your marketing doesn't work, we hear you're just not spending enough. You need to spend more. Yeah, we kind of approach it that we get the ad up and running with a small amount of money and show you how amazing it's doing. And then customers put more money into it because it just drives more business. We actually just did that this morning. So for regular people, when they're on social, um, the click through, like when someone sees what you put up and they click through on it, it's only about a half a percent. So we come in um, with our ads and we'll start at 1% and we can go up to 90%. So we had, yeah, we had a client just this morning who's only been running, we've been running her ads two weeks and we're already at a 12% click through rate. So she just said this morning, here's more budget, drive more people over to our site. So that's the way it should work. (laughs) Yeah, that's really, really good. And then those are things you want to pour more money into, things that are working and getting those click-throughs. Like Brian Dice, Digital Marketing, he says you'll send your unicorns into space. So it's, uh, you know, take those things and that's where you want to dump all your money. Don't send your donkeys into space. 
they'll they'll do the the grunt work, but to take those unicorns and send them into space. Yeah, start with a small amount. I do want to yes. say though that you always should have multiple tactics going at one time. So it's always anxiety producing for me when clients come to us and that's all they're doing are social media ads. I mean, they're great and we do a great job, but clients, especially prospective new customers, they need to see your name in a lot of different places. Right now we're seeing stats that say in before someone does business with your company, they're going to want to find you eight to 10 times out in the world. So yeah, they might see your ad and that's great and they might click and buy it. But what they're probably going to do is, oh, that sounds interesting. Let me learn more about them. Then they're going to want to go to your website and that's got to look professional. Then they're going to go over to LinkedIn and see, do you have something there? Or if they get a direct mail piece, they'll be like, oh, wait, I know these guys. And all of those touches like legitimize you and your business because That's one of the downsides of social is that anybody can run an ad and anybody can put anything up. And so customers are really skeptical and it's, it's well-founded. They should be skeptical. So, you know, when you're a business, you want to make sure that they're getting emails from you. They're getting some direct mail. You've got a great looking website. And then on top of that, you're also doing great on social media. And that makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of times it's easy to think that, well, all I need to do is just do some things on social and that's going to drive a whole bunch of leads and build my business. Yeah. But that's not really the case. It's not the case. It's more than that. Yeah. And also it takes a little while to do well on social. So you should kind of give yourself a time frame of six months to a year. And I know for new customers or new businesses, that sounds like forever, but you kind of have to approach it like, all right, these are the tactics I'm going to do, write them all down, figure out who you're talking to, and then start the tactics a little bit at a time. Because like you were saying earlier, you know, you can see if it's working and if it's working and it's doing well, that's good. Add something else and add something else on top of it. So it's a process. It's not instantaneous. I mean, of course, you're going to have things that go viral, but you know, that's one in 10 million chance. So, you know, write out your plan and figure out where your customer is and how they like to get information. I like that. So just writing down on a, a notepad, my marketing plan, you know, number one, go viral. Exactly. And that's it. That's not a plan. That's not going to work. Design something, go <laughs> viral and just watch the money roll in. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> if we, if only it was that simple. If I could do that, I would be a bazillionaire. <laughs> yes. Wouldn't we all? Right, right out a time frame. And I think a lot of times people skip the first step, which is decide who your customer really is. You know, I do a lot of speaking around the world and every time I speak and I pick somebody out and I say, who's your customer? And they go, everybody. Right, right. So everybody could be your customer, but I like to tell people. Let's hope you have a really big budget for that one. Yeah, well, right, exactly. (laughs) Let's start with the people who are going to make you the most money, right? So, you know, Joe, your neighbor, like might buy your mascara, but the... (laughs) 16-year-old who's going to prom definitely needs mascara. So when you start to narrow that down, start just by talking to people who are going to bring you in money because that's the end to advertising, right? Your ROI, your return on investment. You know, if you're just plugging thousands of dollars in every month and you're not seeing anything after six months, that's when you really have to step back and say, oh, well, we've been trying to hit all these people, but if we narrow it down 
and just hit these people that are going to come in and spend money right away. That's the best way to start. Then you branch out. Right, right. I talk about that a lot. It's actually, I think, chapter four in my book. If you want to get big, go small. Yes. And I don't think any company in the history of the world has ever gone too small. Yeah. If anything, you know, they, they, they get really targeted and then say, no, we need to go smaller and smaller and smaller. And I think that is the difference in a 0.5% click-through rate. And like you're talking about it, 12% yeah. or 90% click-through rate. Absolutely. Is, uh, you know, is the ad speaking to that person? Right. And I know, you know, sometimes people get really excited and they're like, oh my gosh, 10,000 people saw my ad. Well, that means you paid for 10,000 people to see your ad. Don't get too excited. Yeah. And if only three of them are actual customers, then you're going to have a hard time paying for the next 10,000 to see your ad. So yeah, that's absolutely right. Start small and then branch out. So how do we do that well with uh, with data and pixels and things like that, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram? I mean, there, there's so many platforms out there. How do we know where to target them and what message to send? Yeah, so I'm really glad you asked me that because a lot of people just like, oh, I've got it. If I'm going to post on social, I got to sign up for Sprout Social or Hootsuite or all these very expensive programs that, you know, you put your ad in and then sure, it'll post for you on a bunch of different places. But I think you should, especially at the beginning, save your money because when you log in and you enter things on Facebook manually or you log into Twitter, Almost always when we do that for our clients, we change something a little bit after we see it on the actual platform before we launch it. So I would say do it by hand for a while. And also don't drive yourself crazy and try to come up with a different topic for each platform. Pick one that talks to that target audience. And then instead of changing it, send it to the same person on each platform, but just make sure you narrow that audience so that it is the same person on each platform. You know, there are statistics out there. Twitter right now is skewing very much towards men ages 18 to 35. You know, about 70% of the traffic is men. And on Facebook, it's kind of the opposite. About 70% of the traffic on Facebook are women. But that doesn't say you should discount Twitter. It just says if you want to advertise to women, just make sure you build that audience so you exclude men and you're only talking to women of the right age groups. But that's a lot of things that especially new advertisers are like, oh my gosh, I have to prepare something for Instagram and for Facebook and for Twitter and LinkedIn and just write one thing, post it all and post every other week. Don't post every day. It's too much. And that's probably freeing for many, many people. It is. Of, uh, we don't have to do it every single day. So you think every every week, every other week is enough? Yeah, because of the new algorithms and because most people won't see what you post unless they go over to your platform, don't be posting every day because there's none of your customers who are going to go over there every day to look for something new. But the reason that every other week is important are for two reasons. One, it's for SEO. So for search engine optimization, if you want to come up to the top of searches, you know, both on Google and Bing and and AOL and all the other platforms, but also on Facebook, when somebody types something in, those web crawlers or, or Facebook crawlers are going to bring names up to the top. They look for new content every two weeks. So if you let it go longer than that, then you're not going to be up at the top anymore when the web crawlers or the Facebook crawlers put you into a search. But it's not a huge benefit to do it every single day. So really, I think we found that the you know the golden arrow is about every two weeks. Same thing with blog writing. Um, you can do that every two weeks. That is really, really helpful. Is that, you know, once again, another myth dispelled. 
Yeah, I absolve everybody from having to post every day. Or for heaven's sakes, Twitter, people are still using the old Twitter thing of I have to post every hour. Like I've had clients come in and I was like, oh my goodness, just stop. You don't need to do it. <laughs> just put $50 into a paid ad, post once a month. You're fine. So yeah. That's very, very good to it's know. It's a trap a lot of people fall into. That's helpful. Yeah. So is there a magic day or time we should be posting? Um, I get that. I asked that a lot. I'm sure. And again, I would just say, don't make yourself crazy. Don't be posting at 10 o'clock because you think that's when all the teenagers jump on. If you do a paid ad, that will run 24-7. And it's nice because then you tell the artificial intelligence, this is who I want to reach. Here's their age. Here's their gender. Here's where I want them to live. These are their interests. And these are the titles that they would have. And then you let the computer find them wherever they are. If they're up at 2 a.m., the computer will slide their, their ad in front of them. If it's two o'clock in the afternoon on a Monday, that's when they'll see it. So it's really very freeing, I think, comforting for people once they know that just put $20 out there and let the computer find them instead of trying to to watch all of that data. I love data. Don't get me wrong. Love data. Love Google Analytics to see, you know, who are the, what are the interests of the people coming to my website? What are their ages and their genders? But don't try to figure out for each one of your targets when you should post. Yeah, that's again, very free. Yes. So that's uh, maybe that's what we'll name the episode freedom. There you go. <laughs> how to stay calm with social media advertising. <laughs> I love it. Love it. So if we look at, uh, you know, data, I think that's uh, definitely something worth talking about. Yes. How does retargeting work? How do we do that? I mean, you know, sometimes they'll go and I'll look at something and, and I'll buy it. And then, you know, I'm stocked by that same ad for the next two weeks, even though I already bought it. I think it's even funnier when it's the, the company I bought it from right. that is still advertising to me. Yeah, exactly. So, so how does um, that work? There have been a lot of changes with that. I don't know. I'll just do a really quick explanation of the iOS changes. Everyone's like been afraid of the iOS changes. And what that really means is that Apple decided to give their users on Apple phones the opportunity to either opt in or opt out of advertising. So when you opt in or you don't click anything, when you go over to a user's website, what happens then is that the internet gods see that you've typed in these words and you've gone to this site and you've expressed interest. And so they log you with saying, hey, Tammy went on today and bought a pair of size seven furry hiking boots. So that tells the computers a lot about me. I like the outdoors. I like to hike. I buy new shoes. I purchase things online. What my age is, what my gender is, where do I live? All of that is brought together. And then when I go in to put my paid ad in and I say, I want to reach women in this age group and here who like hiking and who are buying shoes, boom, the ad pops up in front of me again. So the interesting thing is that people think that when they hit that opt out button, they're like, oh, I'm not going to get ads anymore. That is not the case. The case is you're still going to get ads, but you're going to get ads for things that have no interest to you whatsoever. <laughs> so now you happens say, too. Yeah, you're going to see things for baby food and you're 60 years old or you're going to see things for cat food and you own a bird. So it's not that you'll get less advertising. It's just that you'll get advertising which doesn't pertain to you. So it's not a big benefit to opt out because 
if I'm shopping for something, sometimes I don't mind if I see other ads of things, especially if they're cheaper or it's more exact for what I want. I find those things helpful. And if I'm going to see an ad, it might as well be for something that I'm interested in. So it's, and for people who say, we always have clients who come and they're like, well, how can you target on people who like hiking and live here? I don't enter any of that into Facebook. You don't have to enter anything. You really just have to be cognizant of the fact of, When you're talking to your Alexa, that's logged as to what you're asking about. When you're typing on your keyboard on social, when you're searching for things, it all gets logged, you know, and it's just really this new era of allowing us to personalize ads, only showing you things that that might be of interest to you. That is fascinating. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, if when we opt out, we think that we're not going to get ads, but now we just get random things and we were like, why in the world am I seeing that? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's really, I mean, some people are going to say, nope, that's not how it works. And that's fine. You can keep opting out and seeing crazy things. But as far as being an advertiser, also as a business owner, it's never been a better time to be able to reach your exact client. And really for you, that means that your advertising costs can be lower now than they've ever been. I mean, one of the things from the pandemic is that more people are online in the world than have ever been online before. They're comfortable with it. They're using it, especially older demographics, which are sometimes very difficult to reach and younger demographics because their platforms change so much, you know, kids who are 13 to 17, but everyone is kind of really settled into their platforms. And so advertising for business can be very inexpensive because of that. That's great. Lots of our listeners are B2B SaaS founders. And so they're targeting businesses, business owners, decision makers. What are the best platforms for that? Or how do we target? Um, LinkedIn seems really easy, but everything else to me seems like a big mystery. How do we target well on other platforms? Yes. So LinkedIn is the obvious choice. It's also a very expensive choice. LinkedIn advertising is three to four times higher than on any other platform. So you don't want to practice on LinkedIn. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Yeah, without a doubt. And their tools are far inferior to a lot of the other platforms as well. Analytics and things like that. Yeah, they've come a long way, but they do have a long way to go. I have to say... LinkedIn compared to Facebook for what I beta test, LinkedIn is beta testing a lot more things because they're kind of catching up to to the Facebook platform, which has been around forever. They've had advertising much longer than they have on LinkedIn because LinkedIn's a, you know, a newcomer as, you know, looking at places like Facebook and Twitter. Sure. But if you good to hear. Yeah, yeah. If you want to target on very specific things like a specific revenue stream. Like if you say, I only want to talk to people who have 10 million in revenue and that's it, then LinkedIn is going to be your best place to go. If however, you can target by titles, there are ways to go in through Facebook and still enter the titles in the industries that you want to talk to. And that's going to be a quarter of the price to get those ads in front of those people. And people always say, well, you know, these VPs, you know, and these CXOs, you know, they're not on Facebook. Well, they are on Facebook. (laughs) Of course they are. They're on Facebook. Even when they say they're not. Yeah, exactly. And it's during their personal time, but they're seeing the same ads on there that they see on LinkedIn. So why not pay a fraction? And the really interesting thing is, is there is a platform called the Audience Network. 
And it is 47,000 platforms that all come together. And you can go in through LinkedIn or through Facebook or Twitter and tell your paid ad, I want to reach people on those platforms. So those platforms are amazing places like Wall Street Journal, CNN, UFC, the NFL Network, Candy Crush. So I have seen ads on apps like that. Yeah. And actually Oculus was just added. So for those of us who are in our VR for different reasons, you're going to see ads start popping up there as well because Facebook owns them. So that is soon to come. I can now check that box saying I want to reach people on Oculus. But if you're going to reach people on these outside networks, instead of going in through LinkedIn and paying, you know, $4,000 a month, you can go in on Facebook for $1,000 a month and still reach those same people on those outside platforms. And that's something a lot of people just don't know how to do. That is something that's a little bit more complicated. You may want to talk to an agency who is skilled in social in order to get your ads out that way. But it can be such a money saver because if anyone's looked into putting an ad in the Wall Street Journal or CNN, it's about, you know, it's a $10,000 buy-in and all of the people who read it aren't your targets. So if you go in digitally and you say, well, yeah, I want them to read that, but then I also want them to have all these other interests, then you get narrowed down and it's a lot less expensive. That's really, really smart. We're going to take a quick sponsor break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Tammy about how to turn recruiting into a marketing effort right after this. Today's episode is sponsored by Champion Leadership Group. Get free growth tools and map out a growth plan to scale your SaaS business beyond $10 million in ARR. Travel with fellow SaaS entrepreneurs on your growth journey and use a proven methodology that is mentor-guided, results-focused, and peer-supported. Celebrate wins and quickly rebound from setbacks to achieve profitable growth, impact, and freedom. Unleash your SaaS growth today at Champion Leadership. Com. And we're back with Tammy from SC Marketing. And Tammy, recruiting is a challenge for a lot of companies. And so how can recruiting become easier looking at it through the, the lens of marketing? Yeah, it's interesting because in a lot of the bigger companies, the marketing department and the HR department work very closely together because you know, everyone talks about brand, what's our brand, you know, so the brand being like things that you're purchasing from that company, you know, what are those like, you know, what are those colors and all that, but employers also need to be aware of what their brand is. And I hate tag words, but basically that just means what's it like to work for your company? You know, what do you do? Do you have pizza Fridays? Do you let people bring their dogs? Do you offer exceptional health insurance? So those are the things that you need to get out in the world in order for people to interview you, especially nowadays, because the job market is ridiculously tight. It is. And this whole crop of 20-somethings coming in, they are expecting a very different experience when working with a new company than, you know, my generation was. You know, my generation was you go to the newspaper, you look up help wanted, you type up your resume, you send it over, you hope someone's going to call you. You have no idea what the company actually does. And now people who are being recruited, if they see an ad for you, they're not going to just apply. They're going to go to Glassdoor and they're going to find out what do other employees say who are working there? What do they say about the business? They're going to go to your website and see if there's a page that talks about your employer brand, which lists those things like the great benefits and the reasons that they should work there. 
They're going to go to social and see if you're involved in any social causes. Are you donating? Do employees volunteer their time? Things like that are very important to the 20-something generation. And the best way to kind of go about a lot of that is through social and digital. So our company has really been doing a lot of this lately. Our owner, we're very lucky, Susan McNichol, has not only been in the marketing world for 20 plus years, she's also worked HR at some very large corporations like J&J, Johnson & Johnson. So we will go into a company, find out exact specifics of who are they looking for? Because, you know, everyone's looking for somebody right now. And some people are looking for a hundred somebodies right now and they're not getting applications. So we'll go in, we'll help them build a specific career page that says, hey, here are the benefits. Here's medical, here's dental. You're going to work four on, you're going to work four off. You can take three months paternity leave, like all these great things that people are looking for. And then we write social ads that talk about that, you know, say, hey, we're going to have on the job training. You can come in as long as you have a high school diploma. We're happy to have you. We'll target people like we're working with a manufacturing company who's looking for men who are 20 to 25 that are mechanically inclined. So we'll put in like interests of car repair or interests of building things or chemistry. And then their ad is showing up in front of people who Maybe they're not even quite looking for a job yet. But when we put the ad in front and say, you can come over, you're going to get these great benefits and we will train you. It works very well. The one company that we're working with, the two months before they brought us on, they had gotten two applications each month and it had come wow. all. Yeah. So we went in, we helped them build this great career page. We wrote some fantastic ads and we got it out there and they got 54 applications the very first month. So that is really, really impressive. Yeah, it's very powerful. And, you know, it really just kind of takes people to you know, talk from the heart about your business. You know, you, yeah, you make manufacture all these great things or you provide this great service, but what is, what's it like to work there? You know, can I bring my dog? <laughs> Are you going to let me take my kid to the dentist and not, you know, hassle me about it? So when you can get that kind of story out there about your business and what a great place it is, you will see those applications come in. I think that makes a lot of sense. You want having different benefits and those kinds of things, but uh, specifically what people are looking for today is more than just a beer tap in the break room. Yeah. It's uh, it's, you know, what does the company do? What's the, the bigger mission? And so I love that you're talking about just the, the brand and you start out with who you are as a company and what you stand for. Right. And, and then you get into the benefits underneath that supporting it, which I think is great. Yeah. And charity work and, you know, going green, all of those things are really important to a lot of the 20 somethings right now. And that's one of the things that when people always ask me, like, what should I post? Like, I don't know what to post, you know, so I give them a little list. And one of the things on there that always surprises people is if you donate to a charity, you should write about it on social media and not write about it like, hey, I'm so great. I just donated $100. No, no, no. That's not helpful. <laughs> but instead, you should write and say, you know, our team has gotten very close to the to the Save a Pet Shelter and we're able to go out there last Saturday and, and work to their event and we helped them raise $20,000. Thanks for letting us be a part of it tag the company, you know, or same thing. Everybody gets approached to donate things, right? For elementary schools and high schools. So yeah. And if you're nice enough to do it, if you have the opportunity to do it, take a picture of what you're donating, put it on your Facebook page and just say, Hey, Homewood Elementary, we wish you the best of luck. 
Thanks for coming to us. We're glad we could donate to you. Hope you raise $1,000 and then tag that school. So all of those things are what people who are going to work for your company, go to your pages, they look for that. And when they see that, they're like, oh, they really are involved in the community. We have a medium-sized law firm that we've been working with for five years. And one of our favorite parts of working with them is that every summer they're involved with everything going on in their community. So we don't even post things in the summer about law or what they do. We post like, it's Grays Lake summer days. Come out, join the crowd. We're a proud sponsor. That gets more engagements than anything we post for them as a law firm. Gets their name out there. It gets those feelings going, knowing they are part of the community. They're invested. They're giving back. And it generates business. It's just as simple as that. People respond well when people do good things. Yeah, that's really important. Getting that engagement. Does that increase your your organic social or tagging people? Yes. Is that something that still works? Tagging people still works because if you like, you know, if we tag the parents at Homewood Elementary, you know, Susie's mom is like, oh my gosh, I love this place. And then they share it and then they share it with somebody else. So it really does start that great cascade of sharing things. And here's another little trick. So a lot of times when you post something, even if you post and you pay for it, people don't want to be the first person to like type something, right? It's that like first person to raise your hand kind of anxiety. So without a doubt. Yeah. If you post something and then even as yourself, you go in and you're like, oh, I'm very excited. I can't wait for this event. Or I hope the DJ plays this. You break the ice and then people will start to engage more. They're going to say something funny and people will share it. Or, you know, hey, my kid's going to this. Who else has a kid that's going to this? It opens those floodgates and it breaks the ice uh, to get people to start commenting. Nice. That is a great tip. Yeah. Anything to get people to respond, you know, I mean, you know, everyone who's on social, there's a lot that gets put in front of you a lot. Oh, without a doubt. You see it all the time. Yep. Yep. And I should say too, that I was just going to add that no matter what's written on and anything that you put out there or how many comments you get, the first thing that stops people is your graphic. So if you don't have a fantastic photo you're not going to do well. And heaven forbid, you don't have a photo. Don't bother posting anything unless you put a photo up because it just gets lost, you know, and everything that's going on. So always look for a bright light photo that you can put up that talks directly to your customers. So, you know, if you're selling puppies, you should have a really cute photo of those puppies, you know, outside where it's light and bright and a little kid holding puppies. Or if you're a dentist, you know, it's kind of scary for people. Make sure that the photos have a white background. People are smiling. They're looking right at the camera. So all of those things get people to stop, stop the scroll, as we say. And especially when you put up photos of people looking right at you, because when people look at you in the photo, there's a behavioral instinct that says, oh, they're looking at me. I should look back. And people will stop scrolling because someone's looking at them. So that's really interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So what do you think about, uh, you know, the dentist putting up pictures of puppies? Is it, should it be something related to the business or is it just to stop the scroll? So people are very aware of like the bait and switch kind of thing. So they should be fun photos, but they definitely should be related to what you're talking about because people will get annoyed if they see a cute puppy and then above it, you're talking about a root canal. 
you know, <laughs> it will stop them, but they're going to probably not be too happy about it. So yeah, definitely. Cognitive sure. dissonance, things that they don't go to, don't fit the, in the same category together. Exactly. Yes. Like they've got to go canals. together. So if they see the photo and it's intriguing and then they read and you're talking to them, like, let's say you're looking for brides and you have this beautiful updo in the photo and they're like, that's exactly what I want. They stop, say, hey, we're offering 20% off brides who book in June. And then they click, which, by the way, always have a link to your website in everything that you post. Because most conversions don't happen on social, they happen on your website because people want more information. So make it easy, have them click over. But the key to that is make sure when they click, they're seeing something that isn't dissonant. It is going to go with what they just read. So a lot of people make the mistake of talking about something in particular, they grab that person's interest, and then they send them to their homepage. And the person's like, well, where's the information about the discount or about the services that they offer. So when you link, you want to link right to what they expect to see. That continues the sales process and you're more likely to book appointments or make more sales that way. That is gold. Yeah, right? Because that's what we're doing it for, right? We want to sell that right. product and service. Right, right. It's not just about sending people and getting visitors to the homepage that are going to bounce. It's continuing that experience, that buyer journey. What's the next logical step for the buyer? Yeah. And for sure. And social, like one of the great things is to give them something for free. Everybody still likes free stuff. So, you know, and I know you, you've done great funnels like this where, you know, you don't ask somebody to, to sign up, you know, to buy your $50,000 car right away. No one's going to do that anywhere online, but you know, maybe they want a copy of the owner's manual or they want to see the rebate and see how they're going to get back $2,000 if they purchase this certain car. So always try to give them something for free. But you do have to make sure it's of value because if you're asking somebody for their name and email nowadays, they're like, hmm, I don't know if I want to give that out. So they have to have a really good perceived value. Like if you're going to give them, you know, like $5 off something that's $10,000, they're going to say, like, it's not worth my time. Right. That's where you get a lot of fake emails. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so make sure it is a value, but give it to them for free. And then after that, you know, you can follow up with them and say, hey, you got this. Would you like this? It's only $5. You know, make the steps, you know, increments that people can handle. That's really, really good advice. So if somebody is putting together a marketing plan today, what would be the, the first few steps that they would want to take in making sure that they're, they've got the right pieces in place and that uh, have us a, a good chance for success? Yeah. So the very first thing they should do is figure out who that customer is that makes them the most money and as much information as they can jot down about that customer. And then the next thing you want to do is set your budget because a lot of, especially new business owners, you know, like, oh, the guy called me from the radio station. That sounds great. I'm going to pay for that. And I signed up for this booth and I got these brochures printed. And all of a sudden, at the end of the month, you get a terrifying bill for like $5,000 once all these things hit. And you're like, I only have a $2,000 budget. What have I done? So you want to make sure you don't put yourself in that situation. So you want to set out your goal of this is how much I want to spend. And then start doing your homework and find out what does it cost to print, you know, a thousand flyers to send in the mail? What does it cost to run an ad on Facebook? What does it cost to put my ad into the Wall Street Journal? You know, all of these different things, price them out 
And then look at them logically and say, you know, hey, I'd love to do direct mail, but it's not really in my budget. So where else can I get the return? Well, social's affordable and emails are affordable. So let's start with those, hit the low hanging fruit, get some more money in the budget, and then start working your way up. And like I was saying earlier, try to give yourself at least a six month plan. And it's even better if you could do a one year plan, because then you don't panic at the beginning, you know, say, okay, well, I didn't get any return. You know, this is a disaster. You know, pace yourself, write the plan for at least six months, and then you can relax. And then when people call you, which they will, you know, every week and say, hey, do you want to advertise here? Pull your plan out, say, okay, well, your person who listens to your radio show is my potential client and I have $500 left. So yes, I will go ahead and go with you. It just gives you the ability to intelligently look at all the offers that are going to come in and keep to your budget and also get the results where you're starting to recoup some of that money. That's really helpful. I think you're exactly right. So often it's uh, it's easy to just randomly do a bunch of stuff and, but it's not cohesive. Yeah. So I really like the idea of putting together that plan and six months is probably a little bit easier than, I mean, thinking about a year is, uh, is a lot, but even if we start with, you know, three months or six months, that's better than just randomly doing a bunch of stuff Yeah. and hoping that, that, you know, all of our stuff gets some leads in. Yeah. And it's also really important up front to determine like, what is your logo look like and what are your colors? Because, Almost all advertising is visual, except for the radio, but everything else, you know, people are going to see your logo. So then if you already have that defined at the beginning, you know, okay, my logo is going to be the same all over here. The colors are going to be the same and people will recognize colors and your logo faster than your message. So, you know, if they're like, oh, I really, you know, I really like this clothing store and they're like, oh, there's their logo. What do they have on sale today? So that's another thing to really get up front. And then, of course, your messaging. So when you decide who your customers are, like, what do I want to say to them? You know, what are the things that are going to make them purchase from me? And those are the things that you'll start tracking data. So you'll probably start and say, I think this is my best customer. I think this is what I should say to them. So watch your data. And if you're not getting the clicks or if you're not getting people redeeming your coupon code, then you go back and you're like, okay, well, that one didn't work, but this one did. So let's shift our marketing dollars over to this messaging that did work. So make logical decisions. Yeah, that's good. So many times you see companies and, and they're, you go to Facebook and they look different. You go to their website and they look different. You go to Instagram and they look different. You go to Twitter and they look different. You go somewhere else and it looks like a frat party. And so, you know, just who is the company? Right. So having that that really dialed in so that everywhere somebody goes, they see the same company that's reassuring to them. And I think maybe that's, you know, why it takes so many touches or seeing the same thing multiple times is it just legitimizes the company that this is real. Yeah, exactly. And if you're an established company who's going to change, you know, your branding, you're going to make some big changes. Try to roll it out all at once across your tactics and use it as like an announcement. You know, we had a client who did some big rebranding, different look, a lot more modern. And, you know, we went out with a message that said, see what's new, but get the same customer service we've always had. So you kind of give them that reassurance. Yeah, like it is new, but we're still the same. We're just, we've updated a little bit. So think of things like that too, if you want to make any drastic changes. Yeah, that consistency. And even if you think of like cell phones, well, you know, we've got a red one, we have a blue one, we have a pink one, and we have a yellow one. 
And everybody that's listening to this knows exactly who those four carriers are just by the colors alone. Exactly. And so it's that branding and it's just being that consistent out there in the marketplace where, uh, you know, my, my phone carrier happens to be the pink one. Right. And so everybody knows who that is. <laughs> and it's just, that's something that, you know, just that is who they are. That's part of their identity. And so when we can make our brand part of, of our identity and show up the same way everywhere, we become that much more recognizable to our ideal clients. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And even say, if you are starting a, up a company or you're going to start with branding, do your homework and do see what your competitors are out there. I've had people come to us and say, okay, I'm getting ready to start up. Here's the name of our company. And I say, did you search and see if that website was available? And they're like, oh, and they've already printed oh, yeah, cards. That. Yeah. And then they go to buy their website and no, 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 it's not available. So you've already printed t-shirts and hats and, and all of that. So because you're going to want a website, a Facebook page, a LinkedIn page, a Twitter page, an Instagram page, search all the sites for what you want your name to be and try to find one where you can use the same name everywhere. Because if you're the, I like pizza, pizza company, and sometimes it's, I like pizza.com, but it's, I also like pizza or it's, I like calzones. Like if you have to have a different one, you're really losing out. You want to tell people like, go to, I like pizza dot com on Facebook, on Instagram, you know, like our yes. SC marketing Inc. And we use that. That's our handle on, on LinkedIn. That's our website. That's our Facebook page. So you can just tell people one thing and they can find you everywhere. That's a great tip. Well, Tammy, where can we find about more about you and about SC marketing Inc. Yes, online? SC marketing Inc. There you go. So you can go to scmarketinginc.com. I am the only Tammy Locke on LinkedIn. So you can also search for me on LinkedIn just by my name. And you can look for us on Facebook and every all the other platforms. We have a brand new website that we're actually redoing again, but it's an exciting place to go right now to find us. But um, yeah, reach out to me. And anytime I you know, speak anywhere or I'm on a podcast, I always say for the next week after this airs, you can send me questions on LinkedIn. So if you've heard something and you try to implement it, or you're like, I just need to know a little bit more about that, reach out to me on LinkedIn, send me a message, and I will give you a solution. That is fantastic. Thank you, Tammy. And we'll make sure and link all of those in the show notes. And, uh, and also we've got some, something special from SC marketing and that is a, a social audit. Yes. And so normally five ninety nine if you use the code SAS fuel, it is one ninety nine and, uh, and that will audit all of your social. Tell me a little bit more about what's in the social audit. Yeah. So the social audit is for people who are like, Hmm, I don't maybe want to drive traffic until what people see when they click back is what I want them to see. So um, my team actually goes in and they will look at your LinkedIn page and your Facebook page and they will go and it's usually eight to 20 pages and they will tell you to get better SEO, change this. These brand colors are off, change this. This messaging is different. We suggest this. And the nice thing is, is that everything that we tell you to do, you can go off and do on yourself. This isn't a pitch for them to hire us. This is really a, you know, something that can just get them jump started to do it themselves. So there's pictures, there are step-by-step instructions that we give That's everybody. Fantastic. We need those. Yes. It's very easy to implement. I love that. So grab yourself a social audit and make sure that you do show up in the same way, the same colors, the same look and feel, the same messaging across all platforms. 
and uh, have somebody else take a look at it and, and give you some pointers on, on what to do to improve it. Yeah. So we'll drop that link in the, the show notes as well. So Tammy, really enjoyed talking with you today. Yeah, thanks, and, Jeff. Uh, thanks for having wish me. Wish you well, and thank you for the tips. These were fantastic. Excellent. I hope they helped. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again to Tammy Locke for coming on the show and sharing your insights and resources. You can learn more about Tammy and SC Marketing at scmarketinginc.com. And of course, you can find them on social media as well because, you know, that's their jam. So if you're looking for help generating leads from social media or digital ads, this is definitely a company to check out. As always, all links, highlights, resources, and full show notes are available at sasfuel.com including a special offer on their social media audit. Just use the code SASFUEL, but you can read about that in the show notes. As a reminder, if you are enjoying the show, please leave a rating and review at ratethispodcast.com slash SASFUEL. I'll be sure to read these on a future episode, or you can leave us comments, feedback, or just let me know you're out there by calling 903-SASFUEL. We'll tune in next week for our conversation with Rhett Doolittle, CEO of Business Warrior, as we talk SaaS finance, impossible goals, and the courage to create. So check it out next week. And until we meet again, enjoy the journey.